0: Happy day, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. My latest blog post at www.copperrangellc.com covers the not always agreed upon topic of the conditions in which photographers, both professional and hobbyist, photograph wildlife. Photographers are not all like minded. Some are opposed to photographing captive wildlife and actively worked to devalue this type of wildlife photography other photographers are unopposed and keep ethics in the forefront when photographing captive wildlife captive animals aren't domesticated domestication takes thousands of years and special circumstances my latest blog post and this companion podcast covers important facts about this sometimes thorny topic so let's do this whether your wildlife photography venue of choice is a vast and remote natural area, your backyard, a zoo, a wildlife sanctuary, or a rehabilitation center, you can ethically capture stunning wildlife photos in any of these settings. Yes, the right equipment and skill is needed, and that's for another blog post. I photograph wildlife at any opportunity I get, in any setting I can, including from my office window, and always with ethics in the forefront. This means I travel to remote and not so remote locations to shoot wildlife in unconfined or non-captive settings like wildlife refuges, sanctuaries, national parks, and other natural areas. I also photograph in my backyard and my front yard. And I photograph wildlife in confined or captive settings, including wildlife in the care of licensed rehabilitators, conservationists, and educators. So before going further in the podcast, I really have to address a words matter issue, words matter in quotes. In my experience, the words captive wildlife is a negative label. It conjures up images of chained, neglected, isolated and inhumanely treated wildlife. You know, unfortunately this can and does happen, but this is really far from the experience and reality of many captive wildlife, including those cared for in accredited and licensed zoos, rehabilitation centers, sanctuaries, and wildlife parks. Balance and clarity are absolutely essential in the words we use to label wildlife that are under temporary or long-term care of humans. I don't use the captive wildlife label, but I've upgraded and replaced this term with wildlife in the care of humans. My interest in study in wildlife rehabilitation first led me to photograph wildlife that were temporarily or long-term in the care of licensed wildlife rehabilitators. Photographing animals in the care of humans comes with many of the same major challenges as photographing wildlife that are not, including dealing with lighting conditions, animal movement, composing a meaningful shot of your wildlife subject, and dealing with the people factor, that is crowds and nearby people with large cameras or cell phones trying to get the same perfect shot. It's critical that photographers who are knowledgeable about wildlife and human care settings, like rehabilitation centers, zoos and sanctuaries, underscore and debunk myths about photographing this wildlife. I'm one of these knowledgeable photographers. So the first myth to debunk is that wildlife and the care of humans are not really wild animals. The second myth to debunk is that wildlife in the care of humans are not really wild animals. And the third myth to debunk is that wildlife in the care of humans are not really wild animals. So do you detect the theme here? Wildlife in the care of humans do not become unwild because of captivity. Wildlife in the care of humans are wild and remain wild. If they were not, zoos, wildlife sanctuaries, rehabilitators, and facilities like these could forgo cages, fences, and all the protective clothing and protocols that have to be followed when humans properly handle any, nearly any wild animal in captivity. So wild animals may become habituated to humans in captivity. However, you know, there are so many tragic examples of human caretakers being attacked, injured, and even killed by wild animals in captivity. And this underscores that captivity does not undo wildlife behavior. I love being outdoors and seeing wildlife in their natural habitat. However, my photographs of wildlife in the care of humans often engage more conversations and are among the most powerful images I take and the most sought after. They showcase details and incredible facets of wildlife that many never have an opportunity to experience or enjoy. My images of wildlife in the care of licensed wildlife rehabilitators, conservationists, and educators have provided my clients and customers with unique and powerful connections to wildlife that are treasured and shared. Because I don't shy away from or devalue the work of photographing wildlife and the care of humans, I can help promote the incredibly important work of wildlife professionals who rescue, save, protect, and educate us about wildlife. So with that said, there are can also be situations where animals in the care of humans are not humanely treated. Ethical photographers, whether hobbyist or professional, must, must, must do their homework in picking facilities and organizations that treat animals humanely. The welfare of animals is always more important than a photographer's interest. Let's restate that. The welfare of animals is always more important than a photographer's interest. If you have an opportunity to photograph wildlife in zoos, wildlife sanctuaries, rehabilitation centers, wildlife parks, and the like, only visit those that have the proper licensing and accreditations for the type of wildlife work that they do. If you don't know the proper licensing and accreditations, a first easy step is to directly ask the facility or organization. Reputable and licensed organizations, and there are many, will be happy to tell you about their permits licenses, and accreditations. You can also easily conduct online research. The Association of Zoos and Aquariums, and I'm going to use the acronym AZA for further reference to that organization, has a rigorous accreditation process. Its scientifically based and publicly available standards examine the zoo or aquarium, their entire operation, including animal welfare, veterinary care, conservation, education, guest services, physical facilities, safety, staffing, finance, and governing body. According to AZA, fewer than 10% of the approximately 2,800 animal exhibitors licensed by the United States Department of Agriculture are AZA accredited, so there's very few. Again, why it's so important to do your homework. Visit AZA's list of accredited zoos and aquariums to see if an institution is AZA accredited. Wildlife rehabilitators or wildlife parks and sanctuaries sometimes offer photo opportunities with their non-releasable wildlife for fundraising events. These events are often widely attended by individuals, families, interest groups, and hobbyist and professional photographers. Do your homework and attend events and opportunities sponsored by licensed organizations, the Ohio Wildlife Rehabilitators Association maintains a list of permitted wildlife rehabilitators by state. It's a very comprehensive list. It's a very helpful resource and up to date On my the last time I checked the list. The International Council of Wildlife Rehabilitation also has a registry of certified wildlife rehabilitators, and the U.S. Humane Society has a list of wildlife rehabilitators by state as well. There have been more than a few articles written on ethics in wildlife photography. I recommend you search Google or your favorite web browser for further information on that topic. Many of the wildlife photography ethics guidelines I've reviewed have helpful practices that I really do encourage others to read and work into your photography practice as aligned with your personal values and experience. At the heart of ethical thinking is a concern about something or someone other than ourselves and our own desires and self-interest. So whether you're a professional or hobbyist photographer, that frame of reference, to be concerned about something or someone other than ourselves and our own desires, is really a perfect place to start your ethics review of your photography practice. Thank you so much for listening today. Visit my website www.copperrangellc.com and click on blog where you'll find links and resources to many of the issues in today's podcast. You can view my wildlife and nature images, send me an email, ask me a question, and keep up with my show schedule. Have a terrific day.